Hey there, this is Passing Notes with Ashley and Shanda. I am Shanda Sung and I'm a comedian. And I'm Ashley Morgan and I'm a farmer. We have been best friends since we were nine years old. Welcome to our show where we teach each other all kinds of things that cover our wide range of knowledge and interests. And today's episode is about love gone wrong. Ooh, how appropriate for Valentine's yeah. Day. Uh, it sounds like a Bravo or Oxygen Network show. <laughs> love gone wrong. Ours is going to be more like an episode of Snapped, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I should have saved in one of our earlier episodes, I shared these notes that you passed to me for Valentine's Day every period when you were in office yeah. tech. You had them like set to be handed out to me. It's still the ro most romantic thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love to romance my favorite women. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what do you what do you guys do for Valentine's Day? Are you big Valentine's Day people? No, we have never really celebrated Valentine's Day. <laughs> in fact, pretty early on in our relationship, I was like, please don't get me garbage chocolate and a teddy bear with a heart that I don't do that, please. <laughs> like, yeah. if you want to get me jewelry, get me jewelry any other time of the year. Do not feel <laughs> obligated. There's just so much obligation and so many things that could go wrong when your expectations are so high around Valentine's Day. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want that. I don't want you to have to go through that. I don't want you to feel like you have to buy me flowers, get me a little teddy bear with a heart, and then we have to go out to a nice fancy dinner and then we have to handle some business at the end of the night. Like that's a lot of pressure for everyone. File our taxes. Yeah, that, not that kind of handle some business. <laughs> this is uh we didn't give the after hours disclaimer yet, so no, yeah. Right. But, uh, although we should, we should give a, a, a disclaimer on this episode because we do have some kind of gross things on it. At least on my end, I do. So yeah, um, but yeah, there's so much obligation, and things can go wrong for Valentine's Day. I just, I was always single for Valentine's Day for the most part up until Tyler, and so. Pretty much when we got together, I was like, look, I've never really celebrated this. You do not have to do anything. And I mean that. <laughs> like, I'm not, this isn't some, like, thing where I'm like, no, don't get me anything. And then I'm mad when you don't. Like, for real. <laughs> if you get me something, I will be mad. <laughs> and he was like, you got it, dude. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we are not big Valentine's Day people anymore. I will say, like, early in our relationship, because it's fun early on, you know. Mm -hmm. We would go and have dates and he brought me balloons at work one time. I have a little uh, animatronic tiger that sings Eye of the Tiger inexplicably that's somehow Valentine's Day related. I don't know. It's wearing like silk shorts with hearts on them. I don't, I don't know. But yeah, we did we did that whole thing kind of early on and it was fun. And then it just sort of petered out. We're like, all right, if we get around to it. And yeah. usually it's like, I'll go to Kroger and buy him a bunch of gushers and fruit by the foot, which he loves. And then I'll just leave him in his car or he'll bring me candy from the gas station. And that's great. If flowers happen, flowers happen. But we're busy people. OK, we were looking last night because we're going to we're going to have a, a date night next week. And I was like, I wonder when the last one was. And I looked through my Instagram and I found it and it was in July. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, Ooh, we're doing great. <laughs> We're very busy, okay? So we don't have time for your, your holidays, all right? We don't have time for anniversaries, you know? 
It's like, I'll bring you water from the other side of the house. And <laughs> to show I, I love you. I don't know if that's romance. <laughs> <laughs> we had a date night not long ago, and it was piggybacked on other activities since we were already yeah. going into Columbus. Because, you know, yeah. we live an hour outside of Columbus. So it's like, hey, well, since we're already going into town to run other errands, let's have a nice dinner at one of our favorite places. And he was like, yeah, of course, <laughs> you know. So yeah. that's how date night goes is we can't just have dinner at a place that's 10 minutes away. There's nothing fancy right. 10 minutes away. So we have to make a whole day of it, which is yeah, unfortunate. But, you know, we still make the time for each other. You, know. you hook up the wagons to the horses and you load up rations for the trek into town. Kind of feels that way. And you buy sometimes. your bolts of cloth and your seed for the winter and <laughs> uh, get yourself a, a steak while you're at it. Uh, <laughs> Maybe pay a nickel for a bath. <laughs> it feels that way sometimes, I tell you what. <laughs> but actually, we have this favorite place that we go to called Local Roots, and it's in Powell. Ohio, mm -hmm. if if y'all are familiar with it, they're not sponsoring us right now. This is just something <laughs> that I want to say that I, yeah. I like them so much. But we love them and the service is great. All their produce comes from their farm and then their meat and eggs and dairy and all that comes from farms around Ohio. So that's cool. They're very local and all their food is very good. So we went there on a date night and <laughs> then went then our next date night was there again. And now we're trying to convince our friends to go with us just so we have more excuses to go there more often. <laughs> yeah. We're having a friend's date night. Let's all get together and go to this place. Have you ever been? No? Great. Let us show you because we want to go back. <laughs> it's like any excuse to go to that place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The last date night we had, I took Josh to the comedy attic. You know, that place that I am at all the time <laughs> the only place i go to that's not my house the comedy i was like i know you might not be on board with this but the comic that's here this week i know you would really like and i'd like you to see him and josh was like yeah let's go <laughs> like all right great so we went out and had dinner before but it was just funny i was like Okay. We get this uh, our our biannual night out and I'm like come to this place that I'm at every other week. <laughs> well, I mean, at least you weren't inviting him to one of your shows. I mean, right, hey yeah. baby, let's have date night. Let's schedule this. And coming to the stage is Shanda song. Oh, it's me. Sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, got to go. I got to go. Watch me perform. <laughs> Clap real loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like some of my other comics that that I've talked to, it's like, anytime we go on vacation, we're like, let's see if we can get a show. It's like, everything is a working vacation. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, if I'm already going to be out of town, I might as well try to get a show. We should do better. We should go out more often. But it's just, it's a whole thing to get a babysitter. And like, fall and winter are the busiest times for us. Uh -huh. So we usually go out more often, like in the spring and summer. But yeah, fall and winter are just crazy. And so, I don't know. We still love each other. It's okay. <laughs> That's kind of us too, you know. I I really yeah. think we should have more date nights, but we're kind of the opposite. Winter is slow for us, but summer's really oh, busy. Yeah. But I like to think that even though we don't go and have date night even once a month, I still hope that my butt squeezes in the kitchen show that I love him. <laughs> Sque yeah. Me squeezing his butt, not me squeezing my own butt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe a little both. It's good. <laughs> And yeah. squeezing with my hands, not like flexing my butt cheeks at him. Like, 
Although, I don't know. He's weird. He'd probably like it. Probably. (laughs) Well, since we're talking about love gone wrong, let's stop talking about our love gone right. Mm. Do you know I have a bad date story? Do you have a bad date story? Oh, I'm sure I do. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't go on a lot of like first dates. You know, Josh and I got together pretty young. And so, but one of them, a guy who was older than us, who I had sort of known in high school and stuff. I went to college. I came back and we ran into each other at a party. And then he asked me out and I was all excited. And he was like, yeah, let's go out on Friday. I said, great. And then that day he texted me and he was like, I'll pick you up at 1030 and we'll go to the uh, Kagan's Corner 24-hour truck stop diner. (laughs) Did you ever go to Kagan's Corner? I don't recall if I ever did. (laughs) It's not there anymore. Uh, It's something else now. But it was a restaurant connected to a truck stop right off of I-69. It was open 24 hours a day. (laughs) And so he takes me at 10.30 p.m. to a truck stop diner. And we get there and he's like, I ate dinner already because it's 1030. So of course you ate dinner already. Of course. And so we just sit there and he just orders coffee. And I'm like, well, you know, I want him to think that I'm cool too. So I'll just order coffee too. I don't know if you remember, but especially as a teenager and like in my early 20s, I could not drink coffee. My body has a hard time with caffeine. (laughs) And even now I've got three kids. If I do more than a cup and a half in a day, my palms get all sweaty and like I get super jittery and it just affects me a lot. And so for me to have black coffee at 1030 at night, and I drank probably two or three cups. (laughs) And he was like, oh, you want to go back to my house and watch Aqua Teen Hunger Force? I mean, truly. A romantic. But I was like, yeah, I'll go. So we go back to his house. We're just sitting there watching cartoons. And the whole time I'm just pouring sweat. (laughs) And I'm like sitting on his couch and I'm desperate to like get up and move. Uh But I don't want him to think I'm weird. But I'm like, I got to move. I kept going to the bathroom just to like move. Because I'm (laughs) this caffeine is like, I feel like my heart's going to explode. My hands are all sweaty. I'm like, this was a bad idea. It's a bad idea. (laughs) I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. And so, yeah, I left. I was like, well, I'm not feeling super well. I'm just going to go home if you don't mind. I'm going to go home. <laughs> like just talking <laughs> so fast. And yeah, I got the heck out of there and left. And we ended up hanging out like a couple more times. But he was always super weird. Like just did not know how to like talk to humans. Uh. And, and, especially, and, and since he was older than me, I'm like, oh, he... He knows how to go on a date with a person, but he didn't know any more than I did. But yeah, that was just crazy. So that, yeah, I do not. After that, I was like, never caffeine, never any caffeine on a date. I thought you were going to say you like shit your pants or something. Because <laughs> I would have. Yeah. <laughs> with that much coffee. That, that's not one of the side effects, fortunately. Fortunately for me, that's not one of the side effects. It's just feeling like my heart's going to explode out of my chest and it's so sweaty. Just pouring. I'm a sweaty person already. And it was just like. It had to have been running down the back of my neck and like pooling in my lower back. It was not good. I don't have anything that bad. I will say I did have an awkward moment with a guy on a date. He was an older guy. Mm -hmm. Fair amount older because, you know, I've always had a thing for older men. Yes. When I was a teenager, I had a crush on a teacher. That's weird. Uh, (laughs) Luckily, luckily, he was a gentleman and 
never even gave me the time of day. But <laughs> I was 22 and I went on a date with a man in his late 30s. Mm-hmm. And on this date, I found out that he was divorced and had three kids. And mm-hmm. so I was kind of thinking to myself, well, he's good looking. I don't mind being seen in public with him. It's probably not going to go anywhere because I'm 22 and I'm not going to be a stepmom. You know, like that wasn't yeah, really yeah. anything that I was about. But I'm like, well, it's 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 nice, you know, while we're while we're doing this. And he was talking about his kids and he was telling me their ages. <laughs> and up until that point, we had great chemistry. We were having a good time. But then I, like a friggin' idiot, <laughs> did the math and I said, oh, that's really funny. I'm closer in age to your 11-year-old daughter than I am to you. <laughs> and then we both kind of stared at each other like, ew, what are we doing? <laughs> and it was so awkward of a date after that. And we did not see each other again. <laughs> I think we both kind of looked at each other like, Oh no, what is this? What are we even doing? (laughs) doing? Yikes, come on. (laughs) So that was me. My bad. I ruined it. (laughs) (laughs) Never do the math. Don't. Don't do the math. Yeah. It's just a life lesson for you. One of the funniest, like, first date bad stories, it's not my story. But I'll say it's a friend of mine from college and I was there for the whole thing. I wasn't like at the date, but I was getting her text updates through the whole thing. And I talked to her about it afterwards. And it was so funny to me. (laughs) So this guy, she had met him. We were working at this like little dining hall place and she met him there. And I always thought he was super weird because he wore penny loafers. (laughs) I'm like, what 20 year old is wearing penny loafers? But... He asked her out and she said yes. And so they go, oh, it turned, he wasn't 20. He was 21. Oh. And so we were freshmen. So we were 19 and he was 21 and he had gone and picked her up. And then he was like, well, we're going to go to a movie, but I'm going to stop off first. And he stopped at the liquor store and he ran in and he bought a bottle of wine <laughs> and he stuffed it down the front of his pants <laughs> And snuck it into the movie theater and then proceeded to drink the entire thing. Oh, no. Did not offer her any at all. <laughs> oh, no. Just fisting and in, like in his fist, an entire wine bottle, just drinking out of it through the whole movie. And then by the time they leave, he's trashed. She has to drive them and she drives them back. <laughs> to her apartment and he just passes out in her apartment and she's like i gotta get this dude out of here (laughs) so eventually after a while she like wakes him up and is like get out leave (laughs) and so after that anytime we went to a movie theater i'm like you got a bottle of wine in your pants i heard that works (laughs) works out a whole bottle of wine just down the front of his pants and you know the movie theater people were like dude we what that's not your hog. We know. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Come on, man. Uh, fine. Go ahead. I don't care. <laughs> don't barf wine, please. <laughs> yeah. Please Whatever don't wine do. puke in the theater. Oh, man. Yeah. So that one, that always cracks me up. Just thinking about that. Sometimes I'll go to a movie theater and I'll be like, I wonder if I could fit a whole bottle of wine down my pants and get in here. <laughs> Have you ever seen those videos of women pulling whole bottles of liquor like out of their shirts like those very very busty women are like pulling out like yes. 
like foot long sandwiches and a bottle of wine and a bottle of liquor and a six pack of beer out from under their boobs. And I'm like, that's pretty brilliant, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the grand scheme of things, even those stories aren't too bad. No. Let's like talk about real bad stories, shall we? Where things go. Yeah. Where things end in jail time. How about that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I'm first, and the one I'm going to talk about, I'll just say this. The astronaut diaper lady. So, the astronaut diaper lady. This was in 2007. Do you have any memory of this happening? Not really. Do those key words come to your brain? Not really. In fact, when you first told me, I was like, a lady wearing a diaper in space? Like, is that what you're talking about? What does that have to do with anything? (laughs) Well, if our listeners don't remember, I'll be telling the story, obviously, but it was a it was a huge like sensation in 2007 because of this one small detail, which was that this woman, an astronaut, decided to make the drive from Houston, Texas to Orlando, Florida to confront her ex-boyfriend's new girlfriend. And in order to make that 900 mile drive in one go, she equipped herself with some adult diapers so she wouldn't have to make any stops. And that small detail just captivated everyone. And that was the key, like, oh, astronaut diaper lady. There's a joke about it in an episode of 30 Rock. It was just a really big deal at that time because people just, you know, you get just like that one little detail of something and it just launches it itself into everybody's subconscious because everybody's got jokes Uh, right of course (laughs) yeah so that's kind of I had a memory of what had happened there and I was like I know that there's a bigger story to this so that's what I looked into so I'm going to tell that story so it starts with Lisa Caputo was the astronaut in question and she was very well decorated she started off she went to the U.S. Naval Academy she got a master's in aeronautical engineering and did very well And in 1996, she went through the very rigorous selection process to become an astronaut. So even to get to that point, as a woman, because she was one of very few women to be accepted into that program at the U.S. Naval Academy, there were a lot of what came out later as some pretty entrenched sexism in that academy that was happening at that time in the 90s. And so she's already put in some work Mm -hmm. to get this position, to be able to become an astronaut in 1996. And shortly after becoming an astronaut, she married one of her classmates, a man named Richard Nowak. They went on to have three kids, a son and twin girls. In 2001 was when she had her twin girls. So she has has the twin girls. And that very next year, she's chosen for a space mission with friend of the podcast, Scott Kelly. Hey, all right. Yeah. So she she's chosen for this mission and her husband was deployed as part of Operation Enduring Freedom. So at this point, she's essentially a single parent. Her husband is deployed overseas. She has a three-year-old and twin one-year-olds, and she is preparing to go to freaking outer space. <laughs> She's doing a lot. Yeah. And then February 1st, 2003 was the space shuttle Columbia disaster. Mm. The space shuttle was coming back into Earth's atmosphere. And because of some damage to the wing that had been received earlier in the flight, 
atmospheric air was able to get into the wing and basically tore it apart. As it re-entered the atmosphere, it disintegrated and it killed all seven crew members. Two of those crew members were classmates mm. of Lisa Nowak's, mm -hmm. and one of them was her best friend, Laurel Clark. Lisa took that pretty hard, of course. Yeah. She was getting ready to go on a space mission herself. She's under this tremendous personal stress of having these young kids and her husband being away. And then she loses her best friend in this horrifying way. And NASA has a system where following any kind of casualty, they assign another astronaut to be that family's personal casualty assistance officer, which is such a NASA thing to say. Like... Uh, we, we assigned somebody to come help you deal with this bereavement. We've assigned you a personal casualty assistance officer. Although it kind of makes me sad that this happens often enough that this is a job that somebody yeah, had to yeah. fill. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and so Lisa volunteers to be the Clark family's personal casualty assistance officer and provide all this support to Clark's husband and her son, she had a young son also. And her husband, her widower, recalled that Lisa took on so much to help. She would make sure that his son was picked up from different places and, and would spend time there with him, helping out around the house. And this is while she has her own three kids at home mm -hmm. and while she's gearing up to go to space herself. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, she's real stressed. And her marriage starts to fall apart. And in 2004, Lisa began having an affair with another astronaut, William Aflin. They had trained together and known each other for a while, but they didn't go to space together eventually or anything, but they started getting together. And so they were both married at the time. Aflin divorced his wife in 2005. Lisa was still married to her husband, Richard, and in 2006, July 4th, 2006, Lisa's space mission finally happened and she went to space. While she was up there, she operated some robot arms that did some loading and unloading and some other kind of things. There were three spacewalks on her trip to space, but she wasn't able to participate in them, nor was the other woman on board, because as part of NASA's budget cuts, they didn't make any spacewalk suits in smaller sizes. <laughs> They were like, we got to cut these costs somewhere. And you know what's really taking up all the money? The women's size clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Them in all their teeny tiny little bitty space suits. You know, why can't they just fit in big space suits? <laughs> uh, yeah. So what a, what a woman thing to experience. To be like, oh, I'm here and I don't have anything to wear. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that None of this fits. Okay. <laughs> That makes me like, think of the song 100 Tampons. Have you? Oh my gosh, I love that song so I much. I love that song. I forget who it's credited to, but when we post this, I'll try to find it and post it to our Facebook. Yeah, it's a comedian from Chicago. I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but we'll definitely post it. And it, it's so funny. It is so funny. Yeah. We'll, we'll reference that when we post it. I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like we're teasing it. So we should at least say what it's sort of about. So when Sally Ride went into space, NASA gave her 100 tampons because they were like, what, is this enough? And <laughs> it was only like a six day mission. Yeah, it was a six day mission and they gave her 100 tampons. Fucking nerds. 
<laughs> in the song, she goes, she sings about it. And then she says, they are literally rocket scientists. <laughs> they didn't know how many tampons a woman would need for a six-day mission. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it was very funny. NASA needs to get it together you, a little you bit know in how that you, department. You know how you figure out how many tampons you need on a six-day mission? You ask the woman. <laughs> yeah, it's not that hard. It's not that hard. <laughs> Go to her and say, hey, are you going to need tampons on the six-day mission? If so, how many? <laughs> yeah. How hard is that? <laughs> oh, the horror of asking a woman about her menses. <laughs> Ew, gross. <laughs> Yeah. So Lisa's in space. Her trip was 12 days. So she needed 200 tampons. Probably. Probably. At least. Yeah. It was 12 days. She came back. It was successful. Everything was great. She continued seeing Aflin, her fellow astronaut and, uh, you know, side piece <laughs> for another year. And then in January of 2007, she said, OK, I'm ready to leave my husband. And so she separated from her husband in January 2007. And at that time, Aflin, her boyfriend, starts cooling on her a bit. Uh-oh. Not returning so many calls. Maybe canceling a date or two. Maybe smuggling wine into the movie theater <laughs> so he doesn't have to, like, talk to her when they get out. You know? <laughs> Things get rocky. So he starts backing away. And then he comes to her and says, so I've been seeing this other woman and I'm really into her. And I think that our time together is done. How dare he cheat on the woman he's cheating on his wife with? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but also he is divorced at this point. Oh, OK. He, That's he okay, got then. around to getting divorced <laughs> earlier. He got divorced pretty soon after he started getting with Lisa. Oh, okay. That's but, okay then. That's a fine. Nope. Yeah. Well, the man likes to overlap, apparently. <laughs> hey, so did so, Jerry Lee yeah. Lewis, if you recall the previous episodes. So <laughs> that's, that's right. a thing. That's apparently a thing. Yeah, yeah. They, these women all seem to be of age, though. So there's that. Hey, that's at least a step in the right direction. <laughs> yeah. So this other woman that he'd been seeing was an Air Force captain named Colleen Shipman, who lived in Florida. And they'd been together for two months. He tells Lisa, I'm really into Colleen. I think that that we're done, but I would still like to stay friends. <laughs> and he recalls that Lisa was upset, but seemed to take it well, because of course she is. She's going to put on the, the brave face to your face. Of course. She doesn't want to let. It. So he's like. He's like, yeah, let's stay friends. I know you and I are training for this bicycle race. We can continue to work out. That's fine. And so they do. And she's keeping her bike at his apartment. But then Colleen finds out about it and is like, maybe don't. <laughs> maybe don't do that. I don't like that. Lisa's trying to play it cool through all this, which it, it reminds me of. So do you remember junior year? We decided, you and I, Ashley, decided <laughs> in a conversation together, a joint conversation that we would each ask out the boys we had crushes on to go to prom. Do you remember the, this? I don't. And later that day, no, I, I took so. all of my 17 year old energy and went up to the boy that I liked and I asked him to prom. And it was the most awkward conversation I've ever had in my life. <laughs> and he said, oh, Shanda, I have a girlfriend at another school. Uh oh, he probably didn't. 
And I was like, oh, that's fine. Uh, sounds great. I may have given him the finger guns. I don't remember exactly. <laughs> Probably. But then he starts to walk away and I was like, hey, we're still friends, right? <laughs> and he was like, oh, yeah, definitely. We weren't friends. We knew each other. But I had this huge crush on him that he knew that I had. Oh. Like, what sort of friendship did I think we were maintaining? <laughs> it was the worst. I still have nightmares about this. And then I go up to you next period. I was like, I did it. I asked him. He said no. It was horrifying. What did yours say? And you were like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I probably was like, no, buddy, you crashed and burped real bad. That looked painful. I'm not doing that. That sounds terrible. Absolutely not. I will not get rejected the same way. That was... <laughs> awful to watch no thank you <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's exactly what happened that's self-preservation baby uh-uh <laughs> oh man i was like what do you mean you're not gonna do it <laughs> i'm dying over here i'm trying to think yeah. who i had a crush on back then and it's really hard to say because it was an ever-changing <laughs> weekly changing <laughs> thing <laughs> it's a real revolving door of hormones and since it wasn't obviously a traumatic experience for me because i didn't do it i don't remember who that person was yeah. so well i remember and i'll text you okay how about that <laughs> <laughs> hopefully they listen to this podcast so if that rings a bell to you <laughs> person from our high school then uh get in contact with us We'll reject you this time. We won't return yeah. your calls. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry. I have a husband. And he goes to another school. He's from Canada. <laughs> anyway, so that's what I was reminded of when I'm reading about Lisa being like, oh, we're yeah, we can still be friends. That's cool. No, no. she was devastated. <laughs> she was trying to play it cool, just like I did. And I'm sure she sold it just as well as I did. <laughs> finger guns <laughs> uh, yeah so so lisa just sort of spirals out she's feeling pretty upset about this whole thing she's very stressed out she's just left her husband she got back from space her best friend has died she's got three young kids at home it's stressful okay yeah, yeah. and so she snaps a little bit she snaps a little bit it happens to all of us okay <laughs> she goes to her ex's apartment has a key, still has a key to his apartment, goes in there, gets onto his computer and starts looking through his emails and finds a bunch of emails between Bill Aflin and Colleen Shipman, which is so 2007 because <laughs> like who is like emailing their girlfriend? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I think I remember at that time, Josh and I were dating. We probably did send each other emails back and forth. I mean, we were texting too, but. I don't know. Anyway, so she goes through her emails and she realizes that Colleen had just been there. She was just there in Houston visiting Bill and she was on a plane back to Orlando that day. And Lisa is like, I'm gonna get this bitch. But I'm not gonna get on a plane because why would I? I just went to space. I'm not interested in flying anymore, <laughs> apparently. She grabs a, this is the list of all the items that she had, a steel mallet, a buck knife, a BB gun and BBs, latex gloves, four feet of rubber tubing, duct tape, garbage bags, a floppy disk of nudes and BDSM materials, like how to's. Uh, that was never explained, and I have many questions. 
Like for one, it's 2007. Were floppy disks still being used? And who puts nudes on a floppy disk? Very confused who's, by this. Whose nudes? Her own nudes? It, it never says. It's just like it's like a like a porno floppy disk. Like here's a here's a how-to guide on BDSM and then some naked pictures. I don't understand it. Maybe those pictures put the floppy in floppy disk. <laughs> <laughs> Not if they're working the way they're supposed to. <laughs> yeah, so she's got this floppy disk I don't understand. <laughs> and she had a map of Colleen Shipman's neighborhood and some printouts of the emails between Colleen and Bill and some pepper spray. She gets in her car, grabs a black wig and a hat and sunglasses and some adult diapers, <laughs> gets in her car and drives the 900 miles from Houston to Orlando, does not stop, gets to the airport before Colleen. She gets there before the plane lands, which wow. is pretty impressive. That is impressive. Yeah. She sits there in baggage claim, sees Colleen. Colleen's bags are lost. So she has to wait for her bags. And Lisa's there waiting with her, just creeping on her. And then she finally gets her bags at three o'clock in the morning. And gets on a shuttle to go out to her car and notices that this weird lady with an obviously fake wig. This woman had young kids. This was probably a Halloween wig. Uh, I can't imagine that this was like a good wig. Yeah, no, probably not. Yeah, so this woman with a wig is on the shuttle with her. And then she notices she also gets off at the same place that she does. So Colleen speed walks to her car, gets inside, sees this woman start running, shuts the door, locks it. And Lisa comes up, starts banging on the window, crying, saying, I need a ride. I need a ride. And Colleen puts her window down just a little bit. And Lisa pepper sprays her. Oh, Colleen drives out of the airport, calls the police and the police detain Lisa and charge her with attempted kidnapping, burglary with assault. Wow. Which is a lot of things. Yeah. So I think the attempted kidnapping is probably based on the items that she had. Yeah. But some of that stuff could have just been crap she had in her car. You know, like some rubber tubing, some duct tape. If she had a good lawyer, that's what they could have said. <laughs> right, right. And her lawyer did try to say that the diaper thing was overblown. It was toddler diapers that were in her car. But she was the one who told the police that's what the adult diapers were for. And her lawyer was probably just like pinching the bridge of his nose like, oh, yeah. why did you say that? <laughs> yeah. And he's just trying to be like, try to get this out of the public eye, you know. Yeah. So I, I don't know for sure. He's like, he said it was a lie that was overblown, a detail that got blown out of proportion. They said that she reported to the police that that's why she had diapers. I don't know. I guess it depends because it, that shows like planning. But really, any of it shows planning. Yeah. So you don't need that detail. The wig and sunglasses shows planning. <laughs> yeah, the printouts of the emails, yeah. the printout of her neighborhood, you know, all that stuff. And one thing that Colleen said was the look in her eyes was a blood chilling expression of limitless rage and glee. Which is poetic. Which is amazing. She could still have that expression with a full diaper. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's just because she's like, I'm so close to taking this thing off. So... That would put glee in my eyes. Yeah, yeah. 
That's what any baby with a full diaper has. An expression of limitless rage and glee. (laughs) (laughs) So they charge her with these things. As they're getting ready to go to trial, Lisa pleads insanity. She says, I was experiencing anxiety and depression. I have obsessive compulsive disorder. And, you know, I lost it. Mm-hmm. I snapped. And so they went with that and they backed off on the charges. She agreed to plead guilty for a charge of burglary and misdemeanor battery. So essentially breaking into his apartment and taking some things, his floppy disk of BDSM nudes mm-hmm. and then the battery of pepper spraying Colleen. And she received one year probation, community service and had to write a letter of apology to Colleen. She was fired from nasa and dismissed from the navy her ex-boyfriend bill aflin was also released from the navy and from nasa for violating their adultery rules Mm. and in the years since colleen married bill and they moved to alaska they're living there they have a son together and colleen is a writer Hmm. which makes sense after that quote A blood-chilling expression of limitless rage and glee. Yeah, she has a way with words. Yes, she does. And so she's got a book. Lisa sort of fell off the grid. The first article I read was like, and Lisa's whereabouts are unknown, which was very ominous because it ended with Colleen being like, I look over my shoulder every day. I don't know if this lady's coming after me. And then they're like, Lisa's whereabouts are unknown. But another article was like, her lawyer has reported that she's living in Texas. She's working in the private sector. She's married and she is just keeping her head down yeah. because obviously this is an embarrassing thing. And it was probably pretty hard to get a job yeah. for a while after that. And uh, so I hope she's happy. I hope she's not getting, you know, too timed to the point of of a breakdown by some guy. Yeah. I hope she got I hope she got some some counseling i hope she got a nanny yeah so you know i hope i hope lisa's doing okay yeah you know hang in there lisa yeah she's a lady who plans she went through a lot and she snapped a little bit it happens it happens that's love gone wrong you know don't date an astronaut they're either crazy or they're philanderers that's the ultimate uh lesson to be learned in this it's the astronauts it's the career astronauts fault that's really what it is (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, obviously. Yeah, so that's my story of Astronaut Diaper Lady. Good one. Lisa Nowak. Love definitely gone wrong. Lisa, if you're listening, we wish you well. We're on your side, (laughs) kind of. I mean, it was excessive, but we get it. (laughs) So, yeah. All right, well, let's take a break, and then I want to hear about your love gone wrong. All right, and we're back. My love gone wrong story today is I'm going to talk about John and Lorena Bobbitt, which probably our male listeners between the age of 30 and 45 just cringed a little if they recall that story. But let me let me just let me just get into it before I spoil anything. Let me just get into it. Okay. John and Lorena Bobbitt were married in June of 1989 when he was around 22 years old and she was around 20. So they were pretty young. Yeah. Their relationship was tumultuous to say the least. 
she claimed he was incredibly abusive, physically, mm. emotionally, sexually. She lived in constant fear of mm. being hurt by him. He cheated on her and bragged about it as probably just yeah. a part of emotional manipulation, you know? Yeah. Uh, she even claimed he forced her to have an abortion at one point. They mm. were just a mess. Yeah. When all this came to light about his abuse, he, of course, denied that he did any of that. But in telling authorities his side of the story, there were a lot of inconsistencies. So there was a lot of doubt that what he was saying was true and that she was probably right. Yeah. The thing that they are most known for mm -hmm. happened on June 23rd, 1993 in Manassas, Virginia. John came home one evening. Now, this is according to Lorena's testimony. Okay. okay. John came home in the evening. He sexually assaulted her that night when he got home, then went to bed. She got up in the middle of the night, went down to the kitchen, got an eight-inch carving knife, went back up to the bedroom, flipped back the covers, and cut off his dick. Mm -hmm. She just... Went for it. <laughs> Freaking went for it. Of of all the body parts to cut off, that's probably got to be the easiest though, right? Uh, you would think. There's no bone or anything. It's all fleshy. No cartilage. It's not. It'd be easier than like an ear even. If you've got a sharp enough knife. Yeah. Right off. Yeah, it'd be like cutting into a steak. <laughs> Gross. She then, with the severed member, drove around... She literally got in her car with the dick in hand and yeah. drove around for a while. It was becoming difficult for her to drive one-handed, is what she said. <laughs> so she pitched his dismembered dick out the window and into a field. Listen, littering is always wrong. <laughs> of all the crimes she committed that night, littering was the most atrocious. <laughs> She drove a little further, then called 911, told police where his severed dick could be found. The police and volunteer fire department and probably every man who heard about it was out there yeah. looking for it. They eventually found it, cleaned it off, and put it on ice. Mm. And of course, she was arrested that night. They were able to reattach his member mm -mm. in a nine and a half hour surgery. Oh, you know that thing's not the right color and it's like <laughs> real like bolts on the side of it at the base, like Frankenstein's neck. Like, no, no. <laughs> no. So 1990s medical? No. Yeah. Of course, uh, at the trial, she testified to all the abuse. There were even other people who testified to her being abused as well. Mm -hmm. He was never really charged for the abuse. He was acquitted of the, of those charges, probably because it ended up being more of a he said, she said. I don't know that there was any actual proof. I, I don't know really yeah. that side of it. At Lorena's trial, she was found not guilty due to insanity. Mm -hmm. Pretty much they said, I mean... Yeah, after the abuse she says she went through and the things that even happened that night. And I guess 
the crime that, you know, she had some PTSD and the crime she committed kind of went along with the crimes that were committed against her. Mm-hmm. She cut off his dick because she was mad about being sexually assaulted and abused for many, many years. So, you know, people were kind of like, oh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. So she was found not guilty by reason of insanity. She did have to do a 45-day psych evaluation at a hospital. So she went through all that. This was in 93. Their divorce was not actually final till 95. Fun fact. So they were still technically married. Of course, this got a ton of media attention. Sure. Anti-domestic violence groups supported her very vocally. There was a thing that went around that the media was reporting it as Bobbit mania. (laughs) And it was overreported and just sensationalized of men getting their dicks chopped off like all over the place now. Copycat, you know, women. Like copycats. Yeah. And women were on a spree now. Like, oh, now that we know it's an option. Well, heck yeah. It actually was very rare Mm -hmm. and (sighs) self-inflicted. So who's chopping off their own dick just to get famous? That was pretty rare, too. But still, the media, like, sensationalized it so bad. Bobbit mania. Like, okay, here's what I will say about the good that may have come from that quote-unquote Bobbit mania is that now men probably minded their P's and Q's a little bit more for a while (laughs) because they were like, oh, snap, that's an option. And now women are looking at their abusers going, oh, snap, that's an option. (laughs) (laughs) Just in the kitchen, like, menacingly sharpening the knives. (laughs) Giving some side eye to their husbands, like... You better watch it. Yeah, test me. Fuck around and find out, right? Yeah. (laughs) So, of course, you know, the media had a heyday with it. But let me talk briefly about what kind of each of them did after, you know, with all the media and, and all that. So, John, because he had now a lot of bills to pay medical and legal bills to pay Mm -hmm. he started a band what yeah he started a band called the severed parts oh my gosh (laughs) he was just really leaning into it you know yeah they of course did not have much in the way of success in 1993 at the end of the year he went on howard stern and did a new year's fundraiser And I think it was for him. I think that fundraiser was for him. But it was Howard Mm -hmm. Stern. (laughs) So, of course. In 1994, he met Ron Jeremy at the Playboy Mansion for a Wet n' Wild party. Yeah. Because, you know, he was famous. For just a a who's who of assholes. Yeah. I mean, John John Bobbitt was kind of leaning into it a little bit. So he was invited to the Playboy Mansion. And he met Ron Jeremy I really want to know if they, like, compared dicks. Like, were they whipping them out and showing each I'm other? I'm sure they did. Like, they were both yeah. very famous for their penises. So they yeah. had to have, like, whipped them out and were showing them around the party. I'm sure they were. I'm sure they were. But Ron Jeremy convinced John Bobbitt to star in a porno. So if you... If you of course he did. If you want to see his penis, you can. Ron Jeremy directed a porno called John Way Bobbitt Uncut. <laughs> Oh, no. In 96, he also starred in a second one called Franken Penis. I told you. (laughs) I called it. So if you want to see his Franken Penis, you can probably watch either one of those 
Hard pass. I'll stick to my <laughs> floppy disk of BDSM instructions. Thank you. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. So in 1994, he spent 15 days in jail when he hit a stripper in Vegas. In 1998, he was on WWE, which I think it was WWF at the time. Mm. Monday Night Raw. He starred on that. He moved to Vegas not long after that, where he worked a bunch of odd jobs. I think he drove limo. He was a bartender. Mm -hmm. In 1999, he was on probation for a theft he was involved in. In 2003, he was charged with battery against his new wife, Joanna Farrell, which, by the way, he took her name. I think Bobbitt Bobbitt had a lot of notoriety around it. So I think he was kind of like, okay, I leaned into that. I tried to become a celebrity for this thing that happened to me, and now I'm kind of... It, he was a mess. He was kind of a drunk and, yeah. you know, hit strippers and hit his wife, new wife. And he actually did jail time, not for the battery, but for the probation violation from 99. So, mm. oh, OK, I see where those priorities lie. In 04, he had two more batteries against his wife and they got divorced that same year. Probably a good call. In 2014, he was in a car accident and actually suffered from a broken neck and had a lot of issues around that. He survived, but I think he had more medical bills because of that. So that's him. I mean, he was obviously a hot mess. Partying, porn, the whole nine. Lorena, for the most part, kept a pretty low profile Mm -hmm. for a while. Let me say that. In 1996... She had dinner with Ecuador president, which she's from Ecuador originally. So let me, this wasn't just a thing. She's from Ecuador originally. She was visiting her native country and she had dinner with the president and he got criticized for that pretty bad. Really? Because of what she was known for. Huh. He was probably like, hey, a celebrity from Ecuador. Like, Yeah. yeah. The citizens were like, guard your dick, dude. (laughs) Yeah. In 1997, she was arrested for hitting her mom Mm. while they were watching TV. I don't know what got them so riled up. 97, America's Funniest Home Videos got rowdy. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Those charges were ultimately dropped. In 07, she did kind of turn it around a little bit because she founded the Lorena's Red Wagon Foundation which is an anti-domestic violence group foundation. So that was pretty good. In 2008, she was on the CBS early show and she talked Mm -hmm. about the relationship she was in at the time, Mm long-term relationship. I think she had a child with that man. So she was doing pretty good. In 2020, she narrated the Lifetime feature film called I Was Lorena Bobbitt. I didn't see that. I didn't see what it was about. So, yeah. but she narrated that. So still somewhat relevant. They both together in 2009 were on the show, The Insider. Oh, yeah. That was the first public appearance they had made together since the trial. Mm-hmm. And they were very civil towards each other. They must have got offered a chunk of change. Oh, for I that. can only imagine. And he apologized to her during that show, hmm. which... I suppose is nice. I don't know. In 2019, 
Amazon put out a docu-series called Lorena, which was directed by Jordan Peele from huh. from Key and Peele. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he apparently. So it makes me wonder if it's a comedy. Probably not. I don't know. He made those <laughs> horror movies. Yeah. 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 It's probably not. And the, I forgot to mention in my story, there was a movie that came out in 2019 called Lucy in the Sky that was about that story. And Natalie Portman played an astronaut named Lucy. So they changed the names and stuff, but it was that story. I hope Lisa got paid for her story. Yeah, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much what John and Lorena have been doing since. I don't know what they're doing now. I don't know where they are. I didn't look that far into it other than, you know, the few things in 2019, 2020 that have have been around. So it sounds like the moral of this episode is men... Don't start some shit. There won't be no shit. <laughs> Gu- right? Guard your dicks. <laughs> and your girlfriends. <laughs> we can be pushed. <laughs> so here's here's something fun I found in my reading. From this, of course, there was all sorts of pop culture references. You know, mm-hmm. don't make me pull a Lorena Bobbitt or, you know, right, things like course. that. That phrase or something similar went around. But there is actually a large predatory sea worm in the Atlantic Ocean that hangs out at coral reefs and and warm waters yeah called Eunice Aphroditus I'm hoping I'm saying that right but it is also called the bobbit worm (laughs) (laughs) because it looks like a dick I guess it, it can get up to 10 feet long though Oh, my. But it is, yeah, a predatory worm. John's probably pretty happy about that. He's like, yeah, baby, (laughs) 10 feet long. (laughs) So, yes, some animal nerds had fun naming that worm the Bobbit worm. Yeah. Funny, the pop culture and other references that come from, you know, this really horrible thing that happened to this man. But right. moral of the story is, like you said, don't start no shit, won't be no shit, and fuck around and find out. Like, (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Oh, man. And that NASA needs to do more psyche vows on their people who have been through personal trauma and also space. Yes. And apparently the court system is sympathetic to women cutting off dicks when they've been abused. Apparently. (laughs) Man. So, yes. Yeah. uh, Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Yeah. I hope you guys are having some lovely romantic experiences that aren't anything like what we've talked about today please try to avoid as much trauma as possible yeah you know but if it involves a floppy disk of nudes then it involves a floppy disk of nudes yeah ladies you do you be safe out there keep your eight inch carving knives and mace you know nice and close so yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah all right that that's an episode yeah we did it we did it i'm gonna go uh you know, try to figure out what I'm going to get, Josh. Maybe I'll order a case of Gushers on Amazon. That's nice of you. It's like they back up like a whole pallet. <laughs> he would probably weep. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, so um, I've got a couple things going on coming up in February um, on the 11th. I'm at Byler Lane Winery. That might have already passed by the time this comes out. This airs on the um, 10th. Okay. All right. So tomorrow, Byler Lane Winery, Auburn, Indiana. Come check it out. I also have 
one on the 18th. I'm going to be at the White Rabbit Cabaret in Indianapolis. It's always a good time. I'm going to also be at the Orbit Room in Bloomington. I believe that's the 23rd. So got a few opportunities to see me. If you're interested, if you want to be up on all those details, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Shanda Sung and at Twitter, Shanda S. Panda. And um, don't follow me on TikTok. I'm not doing anything over there other than sending <laughs> Ashley videos. <laughs> and yep. uh, you can find the show at Passing Notes on Instagram and Facebook. And you can email us with your bad date stories. We want to hear them. Oh my gosh, yes. Yes. The bloodier, the better. <laughs> At uh, PassingNotesPodcast at gmail.com. And where can they see what you're up to? You can find fun animal videos on TikTok, Facebook, Crimson Moon Farm. If you're looking for products and recipes, you can go to CrimsonMoonFarm.com. That's where you can find us. All right. Well, happy Valentine's Day. Yes. And I hope you share this show with your best friend. Yes, indeed. Like every week, I want to thank my... My special Valentine, my husband Tyler, for helping to record, edit, produce this show. I love him very much, but we're not doing anything for Valentine's Day. Sorry, bud. <laughs> we want to thank you all for listening, hanging in there for 45 episodes. That's exciting. Oh, yeah. That's a lot. For Shanda Sung, I'm Ashley Morgan. Join us next time on Passing Notes with Ashley and Shanda. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> My my kids are watching TV downstairs and they just slid a note under the door that says, can you unpause it? <laughs> <laughs> apparently, apparently the Netflix paused. Hold on. I got to fix it. Um, feel free to not edit this out, Tyler. <laughs> it's just the making of process. All right. It's on now. <laughs> <laughs>